Hey there, and welcome to the New Schools Podcast. Garrett Smiley is the co-founder of Sora Schools in Atlanta. Sora is an online, project-based high school where students explore their interests, learn however is best for them, and gain direct exposure to their future fields of work. Students there start by exploring what interests them, then build their unique portfolios of projects and work. After they choose a track from a wide range of career fields, they are led by a track advisor with multiple years of experience in that particular field. Sora uses new forms of assessment and avoids the old method of teaching by lecturing. Prior to founding Sora, Garrett co-founded Drops of Love, a charity building wells in developing nations. He also directed a university startup incubator called Core Founders at Georgia Tech and started an education nonprofit called Flip, working with foster children to develop financial literacy. He was a venture partner at Contrary Capital, where he scouted, invested in, and mentored startups, all based in universities. You'll hear the phrase intrinsic motivation several times in today's interview. Intrinsic motivation is the act of doing something without any obvious external rewards. And it's one of the learning principles central to Sora schools. Find out how Sora meets the social needs of teens, the role of adults, and how you can support an entrepreneurial mindset with your learners. Shannon Falkenstein of Acton Academy El Salvador is your host today. And now here's her conversation with Garrett Smiley. Hello, Garrett Smiley, and welcome to the New Schools Podcast. Thank you so much for being here to talk to me and our audience today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to learn all about Sora Schools, um, an education startup based in Atlanta. So will you just kick us off by telling us kind of like your elevator pitch? Definitely. So most simply, Sora is an innovative online high school, um, but our mission is to become hopefully sooner rather than later, the best high school in the world. That's the mission, not the best online high school, just the best high school period. And we're using a lot of the progressive education, which I know is of particular interest to this audience. A lot of the progressive education principles that have been, uh, I guess the last 20 years have um, gained relevance and just applying all of those in this novel online context. Um, So yeah, that's kind of the 30,000 foot view of what SOAR is. Like it. Nice. So I always love to ask kind of what is your origin story? Like what made you decide that you wanted to do something different and get into this? What's your story? Yeah, I have a pretty weird story comparatively to many of you guys. I love weird stories. Tell us. (laughs) Um, So as you can probably tell by my face since we're on Zoom right now, um, I'm pretty young. So uh, a different entry point into this um, industry as most people. So I... I'll, I'll really quickly go over my personal background. So I um, grew up as a military brat, moved around a ton, like a lot of different times. And each time my parents tried to put me in the best independent school they could find. I'm not talking like the super expensive ones, but like, you know, the, the religious school across the street kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm super thankful they prioritized that. And it was interesting to see with every move, they each had their unique educational philosophy, right? <laughs> um, but school became particularly frustrating for me in my early high school years. 
because I ended up starting a nonprofit with my sister where I often joke, it was basically us trading our cuteness for donation dollars, traveling around, holding little fundraisers. And so it was, it was adorable, um, nice. but it became something kind of substantial. We were, we were raising the tens of thousands of dollars from these public events, which back then when you're um, 14, I guess, that seems like a million dollars. So um, we ended up being able to build, I believe it ended up being five wells in water infrastructure in developing nations. And one time in particular, I was telling my school, okay, I want to actually go on one of these trips. I'm going to go to El Salvador, you know, for two weeks, I'm going to learn all about the culture. I'm going to join the drilling team. And I was so jazzed. Right. And my school was like, um, you know, this prep school in, in Texas was like, um, no, like you're already pushing it on the absences, Garrett, this will not be excused. You know, you'll have to repeat the year. And that was the dumbest thing I ever heard at that point. Right. Yeah. Um, like I'm going to go learn about the culture. If you want me to sit in history class. Right. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> Um, and so that, that kind of frustrated me and it became clear that the value system I was creating in my life was not reflected, um, or valued, I guess, by my school. Um, so that, that, uh, peeved me a little bit and I just got interested in, okay, every school I've been to thus far, which was like seven or eight at this point has had this unique educational philosophy. So which one's the right one? I was convinced it wasn't the school I was currently at because I was mad at them. <laughs> um, and that just kicked me down the path of, okay, how should structured learning work? Because at home, I was already super interested um, in independent learning. That's always kind of been my favorite thing to do. Mm -hmm. Tearing through books, physics was my thing in high school. So I didn't learn any of that in high school. Um, so I was, you know, I was probably the first YouTube generation. So tearing through uh, YouTube videos and, uh, articles online, you know, completely self-educating, mostly for free. But then I would get to my school and it would be, I'm sitting in a row in physics class sometimes, sitting in a row, someone's talking to me who's definitely not an expert on the subject and I get shushed if I try to talk to my friends, right? Because I'm bored. And it, there was just such a gross mismatch between how I was seeing effective learning taking place in my own life and then the learning that was happening in school. So Anyway, that's a long-winded way to say I became really interested in both learning science for myself as well as how structured learning could work. And I carry this interest through to college at Georgia Tech. And when I got there, I started a second nonprofit, which was smaller even than the first, but um, it was working with state government and affiliated organizations to start or to create these active learning events for financial literacy and life skills um, for the foster care population, if I can say that. Um, because what we essentially found is these students who might add are entirely reliant upon the, the public school system, right? They're entirely reliant upon them. No one else is there to help them. And they didn't understand basic things like what's a budget, like mm -hmm. what's a bank? Why should you, almost none of them upon doing this research, uh, knew the purpose of banks or why they should put their money in banks. Right. And they're having these awful outcomes for their lives. And in some counties, um, or I should say some areas around Atlanta, we're seeing homelessness rates upon aging out of the system up to 50%, like really, really high, really, really bad. Yeah. Um, so through my own perspective, being frustrated with the education that I was so lucky to receive, I won't downplay that. I was extremely lucky my parents prioritized this. And then comparing that with the, the students who were entirely reliant upon this public school system, um, it became clear to me that <laughs> through both perspectives, something was seriously wrong. Um, and how do you solve a systemic issue, which these are, you create another system, right? Um, so that's really where the beginning of 
you know, the, the inkling of the idea for Sora began where, okay, I'm learning about all these educational principles, which are not in any way reflected in the way schools are designed. Um, and then I'm seeing how schools are failing really all members of our society. <laughs> it works for some, but vast majority, it doesn't. Um, so yeah, that was really the inkling of Sora. Many years later, we, I mean, my co-founders, they were looking at um, retraining. So we said, okay, how can we combine a relevant project-based curriculum? Um, you know, relevant keyword, one that feels like there's a purpose behind it, which is novel in the school setting <laughs> and um, bring these educational techniques, you know, this intrinsic motivation, the principles of self-determination theory and you know, Bloom's two sigma problem and all these educational paradigms that we think should have completely changed how we approach schooling, but haven't. How can we apply these to the breakthroughs that we're seeing in uh, online work or remote work where we can have conversations just like this one <laughs> mm-hmm. that are extremely high quality um, and we don't even need a school building. And plus we get superpowers. Like we can talk to people from across the world. Yeah. We can hire staff who generally wouldn't be in the classroom, um, which Sora leans heavily on. I can talk about that later. Um, so yeah, the, we just became convinced that the school of the future would be a progressive online school. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I love your story. Thank you so much. And you're, it's, it is a great perspective because I'm much older than you are. And although I could probably go back and talk about how like I wasn't satisfied with school, I, I don't know. It seems like so far away that mm-hmm. I don't think about it like that anymore. But I think more about like my own kids, you know, and what they right. were going through and why I took them out of a conventional system and made Acton. Um, but to hear you being, you know, relatively recently graduated, it's, um, it's, it's fresh. Thank you. Um, what, tell me about the name Sora. Where does that come from? <laughs> Everyone asks that it's kind of random. Um, it's just a bird name. We liked the imagery uh, of taking flight and independence because that's a core thesis of Sora. Oh. Um, but yeah, besides that, it, it's just a bird name we thought was cool. <laughs> cool. Okay, great. And, um, tell us about, um, your co-founders. You have two co-founders, don't you? Yep. So Indra, um, and Wesley, Indra Sophie and Wesley Samples, their full names. <laughs> um, they met, I met them in college. They were running their own company at that time. They were one of the few students who were actually running a successful business on the side. Um, and I really admired that. And we ran in a lot of similar circles. We ended up actually working at the same, uh, company, which was supporting investing in, um, early stage companies in the Atlanta area. And, they were transitioning from their successful media company, which had clients like Coca-Cola and State Bank and all these stuff, crazy stuff they pulled off in college. They were transitioning to how can we enter the retraining space, like I alluded to um, previously. And then it just became obvious of, okay, they have this thesis around project-based learning and retraining for adults. And I felt very strongly about uh, the ways that we could improve structured learning or schooling in the high school space. Um, so we decided to combine forces and that <laughs> took, it's a crazy thing to do, right? <laughs> when you're, when you're young, when your parents want you to go get, you know, a job in computer science, for example, what I studied in college, but uh, we felt so strongly that, um, this needed to change. Terrible effects were happening in society because it didn't change. And we thought we had unique insight being young into what learning in this generation and era actually feels like. And, and what, how long ago did you start doing this? Like, was it pre-pandemic or since the pandemic and then the pandemic kind of 
pushed everyone online and maybe that helped you out or tell us about so your we, timing. We started in 2018 before it was even, before COVID was even an idea in a bat's brain, I suppose, <laughs> before, <laughs> it was, before it was ever a, an idea. Um, but even before that, we saw that these leaps in remote work, whether it was a pandemic, which was certainly not in the calculation, whether it was a pandemic or just natural evolution of the workday, we just saw this was going to happen. Um, so Sora otherwise probably would have been crazy early and convincing people that this is true would have taken a lot longer and probably accelerated people's mindset uh, at least a few years in that respect. Um, but we just knew back in 2018 that this is what the school of the future is going to look like. Um, and then since the pandemic, yeah, a lot of people have realized that, okay, maybe people are going to work from home more. Why shouldn't my kids work from home too, right? Okay, we can supplement with the, these other activities. And I'm not saying um, I'm not saying kids should spend their entire life online. I agree they should have in-person interaction. But why are we shipping kids off to school just so that they can receive a human YouTube video, aka a lecture, right? Mm-hmm. We're not spending the time wisely. Um, so yeah, pre-pandemic for sure. <laughs> Cool. So let's talk about that a little bit because right now, you know, so many people, their children are at home um, and they have shifted to online learning and the, you know, the whole thing is like, but they really need socialization and interaction and fun. And of course they do. Absolutely. But tell us, let's just like explore that a little bit more. Do you seem more comfortable than probably most parents my age of like having more of an online life and being at home? And mm-hmm. how, so, it, so in practical terms, you have teenagers, right? They're at mm-hmm. your school. So right. how are they getting those social needs met? You know, like, are we overemphasizing this? Just tell, let's just talk a little bit about that. No, I don't think we're overemphasizing the need for socialization or social interaction at all. <laughs> Humans are social creatures, right? It's what we enjoy and need the most. But uh, I usually push back on this question and say, think about, how traditional schools, like most people think socialization, they imagine a traditional high school perhaps being a contrast to Sora. But in that, in that setting, socialization is a happy accident. No one intended that to happen, right? You go, to, you go to class, or maybe you show up to school a few minutes early and get to talk to your friends in the hallway. You know, maybe in the passing period, five minute passing period, you um, see your friend, you can chat for a couple seconds. Maybe you have the same lunch period as your friend. Uh, none of these things are designed into the quote unquote education. Right. Really what they want you to do is sit in a row and shut up. Right. <laughs> um, so I usually push back and, and say that at first. And because of that, when we think about an online school porting that experience over to online, I agree. That's a terrible experience. That's a really bad experience. Yeah. No wonder we've seen all these terrible mental health effects on the students um, experiencing that right now. Uh, I think it's highly ex- but tragic nonetheless. Um, at Sora, we take a really different approach to education. Where we don't instead make people sit and you know control their seat time, if you will. Uh, we don't really care about that, actually. We want to spend every second they're spending synchronously with uh, an expert or with their fellow students, or and when I say synchronously, I mean like live you know, classes. Mm-hmm. All the time we spend doing that, we want it to be highly engaging and active. So we do things like, you know, debates and we do, uh, you know, labs and uh, Socratic discussions and all these, these fun things. And then we believe if, okay, you want to give us a lecture, why would you do that? Because you're never going to be able to compete with the quality of a high budget documentary or YouTube series, right? <laughs> so let's just uh, outsource the human YouTube videos, if you will, to the internet. 
and mm-hmm. we'll instead use all of our time for our teachers. And students do have multiple hours of this active learning a day. So they do have lots of socialization as well as like a house structure I can talk about. But we're going to use all of that time doing um, active learning. That's kind of the thesis of SOAR, if you will. Wow, cool. That's a great answer. Um, and so let's say, like, w- let's walk us through, like, I'm a freshman and I decide, you know, I really want to do this. Like, what what is your typical student? They're like you, like they're highly motivated individual learners. They really want to direct their own education. And so they're like, I'm going to go online. I find Sora and I'm going to sign up for that. Or is it parents who are like, my child is really like not thriving in regular school, so I'm trying to find an alternative? Or do you get kind of both of those things? We do get both, but we lean towards the former. We lean towards the student who feels like they, um, you know, just like they're being held back by school. Yeah, totally. That's the student who succeeds most at Sora, but naturally that's not, (laughs) that's definitely not most students. So um, right now, SOAR is focused a lot on how can we build the accountability structures? How can we try to quickly train this intrinsic motivation so we don't have to... Um, we use a mastery-based or a competency-based uh, progression yeah. grading system. So how can we motivate students without threats? Grades are threats, right? How can we motivate yeah. students without um, threats when that's all they've known for the last, you know, eight years of their their life? Um I so love yeah, it. Just like, grades are threats. <laughs> they are. Like, right? so it would be like on a this. t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be a good t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Okay. So I'm like frustrated. I feel limited. And then I find Sora and I go in there. Like, what's the, just tell, like, tell the story, my, you know, my story, I enter the door and then what is kind of my user experience with Sora and until I'm in, you know, in the, in the mix and I'm learning and feeling comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you just joined Sora, you're saying, or no? I just found you, I and I and out. I'm like want to know more, and I apply. Yeah, what's the application like? And then and then assume I get in, and then like what's my first day? You know what was it look and feel like? Give so, me the user experience. Yeah, we take a very hands-on approach to the application and vetting families because uh, right now this only works with a certain parental mindset. Like if you're expecting this to be the private school down the street, it's not that. You shouldn't expect that. That's setting both of us up for failure. So right now it's about finding the parents who um, have these problems with their kid where they feel like the kid's being held back by private school. The students voice this concern. It's a student buy-in is a huge one. <laughs> um, and they're, they believe in the principles of progressive education. So that's really what we look for through multiple interviews with every single um, student application. And then uh, once the student gets into Sora, and most don't right now, but hopefully that'll change in the future. Um, when the student gets into Sora, there are a few things they go through. The first is what we call our Sora orientation, so our Sora orientation, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, where they learn a lot about, uh, we're, we start with the building blocks of, okay, how does memory work? How does learning science work? How do we, so we really train them on how they're brain works, train them in the principles of learning science first. Um, we walk them through what we call our structured project cycle. Um, where we show them how project-based learning works, how to create a high-quality project. Um, and in many ways, trying to de-school them away from, what if I don't do this? Oh, we're going to tell your parent, and then what? Well, you just kind of cheated yourself, right? Trying to train this intrinsic motivation um, through this first month. 
the students have what we call houses. So every student is in a house that meets two times a day, once for stand-up where you set your intention for the day, and then once in the afternoon to cap off the day where you reflect on um, your progress. Um, they have what we call expeditions, which are expert-led, closest thing to classes, basically. And students usually take two or three of these at a time. Um, but the biggest change about Sora is we don't have any sort of standardized sequence of learning, meaning we, let, we show students here are all the skills you need to learn by the time you graduate high school. We have our own custom software that shows, you know, here's, um, here's every single standard, basically, you need to hit. We call them skills. And then we give them all these opportunities every month and we reset every month. So they say, this looks fun, this looks fun, this class looks fun, this quote unquote learning goal, we call them looks fun. Uh, this project site, this project track, we call them. So working with uh, industry advisors, working on project looks fun. So they just like pull to, together all these uh, learning opportunities. And then over time, when they keep doing this, they will eventually hit all the skills in high school, even if they went a little out of Cool. And I saw on your, on your site that you, you are part of Mastery Transcript Consortium. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I interviewed um, Patricia last week and Tamika last week, and it was cool. great. They're so, so kind and helpful. A lot of Actons are using them also. So we look forward to um, like a great future using their product also. Um, so great. That sounds amazing. And so tell me, about high school, do you still have to like complete all the requirements like chemistry, physics, biology, writing, math, all that um, through, you know, what is it, trig, I guess, that you have to get through to in order to graduate in the in the system in the United States? So do they, are, you mentioned that they fulfill those things. Do you, is that like required to fulfill all of those in order to graduate from SORA? Yeah, so we do still track back to most of the standards. We have our own standards, but they're inspired by things like next-gen science and uh, um, some of the more progressive standards, but still standards nonetheless. And because of that, we are an accredited high school. Our goal is at the end, students have the breadth you would expect from a normal high school <clears throat> education. But like I said, where we become really different is the fact we don't have algebra class. You know, we don't have... Uh, American history class. You know, we don't have these semester long uh, syllabi that you would expect. Instead, yeah. it's okay, in American history, you would likely learn these 30 standards. So we're just going to show you these 30 standards. And through these, you know, <laughs> dozens and dozens of uh, expeditions and learning goals and uh, all these buzzwords or uh, um, projects and uh, all, all these things, eventually you're going to be able to tag all the standards towards something. Right, right, got it, okay. Um, yeah, so we just go out of order, but we do, our intention is to hit every single standard for every student. Fantastic, I love that. And then like we use right now, you know, for math, Khan, Khan Academy. So right. yeah. they're just working through Khan Academy and then they finish all the math. So it, it's really, really great. You know, they don't need a teacher and they teach themselves. And um, yeah. it's fantastic. So it's- Most sounds of our families have opted for that as well. Um, some use like art of problem solving and some use brilliant. We have a few different options for families, but yeah, it, a lot of them, the whole curriculum is, okay, we have a guide who you check in with once a week and we have um, guides who also have office hours. And if like you have questions about math, you set a learning goal for yourself, 
let us know, but we're going to check you off on this day. Otherwise, right. It's like, Mm -hmm. they don't, they, they don't need to be lectured. They need to be helped. Like when they have questions, they need to be helped. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Right. Uh, Okay. Great. So um, what are the different roles of the adults at Sora? You mentioned guide. I think you mentioned learning expert or something. um, Mm -hmm. Some industry experts. Talk to us more about the role of the adult. We have a lot of them nowadays. <laughs> um, How many students do you have? We have 52 students right now, and we're planning for a few hundred or something next year. It's tough, tough to project, you know, but I hear you. Yeah. that's what we're expecting. And so right now we have a lot of different roles, <laughs> um, and they'll have their own individual nuance, but the, buck, the large buckets uh, are, are, are roughly, we have our learning experts, who right now specialize in either STEM and humanities. So really big, broad job. Um, And their their primary job is to offer, we call these expeditions. So they're kind of like, if you're looking for the close analogy, like out school classes, right? Like here's a topic here, they all last four weeks. um, And here's the guiding question that we're gonna cover. So, and mostly small groups, so less than 10 students. Um, So those are what learning experts, we call them, um, cover. We have what we call guides. And guides are really similar to the Acton paradigm. Um, so they're most, they are experts in the subject, so they can help you, but they're primarily there just to help you, not to lecture. They're there to, okay, you set this learning goal for yourself. I'm going to check in with you usually every week for most students, hold you accountable, ask any questions or answer any questions you may have, challenge you on the content you covered. These meetings usually like 20, 30 minutes. Um, and they're also have office hours daily if the students have any questions. Um, lastly, I, I guess we technically have two more. So one is a counselor. So every student has a counselor they get to know pretty well. And our only counselor right now um, comes from a life coaching background, meets with the students multiple times a month. Uh, it's, the so- it's the soft skills, right? Super yeah. important. So the meta skills that will carry you on no matter what path you take in life. We totally. focus a lot on that. And the last one, which I'm personally super excited about. It's kind of a new initiative is what we call our, um, our track advisors. So tracks at Sora, all students have to be doing one independent project at a time. Mm-hmm. And um, these don't necessarily have to be tied to standards. They don't have necessarily have to be academic. But what they do have to be is they meet with the track advisor two times a week in small groups and they give updates. And these track advisors are people who um, are industry professionals. So example, for example, we just hired a health sciences track advisor and she works full-time at NASA to launch biological science payloads international space station, right? Shut like, up. That's so what cool. What other school has that, right? right? That's so cool. <laughs> it's so cool. And the fact we're an online school, she can go, oh, okay, I only have um, three hours a week that I can dedicate to this, but that's enough. She doesn't have to drive somewhere. She just hops on Zoom yeah. and helps these students, right? So being an online school gives us a lot of cool opportunities to do stuff like that. Garrett, this is so cool. I'm really excited <laughs> for you and for all your students. It's really, really great. There's so much in common with Acton too. So I'm okay. just like totally jamming on this with you. But, um, but it, I, yeah, I just love what you're doing. It sounds really, really, really cool. Um, it sounds like a fun place to work too. So, um, getting into college, 
and transcripts, we talked a little bit about that, but are most students wanting to go to college or are they kind of like college, whatever, and they're going to like start a company or do something, you know, take, go travel or make a, you know, YouTube video kingdom or something like, what are they, what are they thinking about? <laughs> I wish that were a sentiment shared by more families. Um, right now, most families are still targeting college. Yeah. I'm hoping personally, I mean, it's not something I'm ever going to shame people out of doing. It's a path I took as well, but we're hoping to create a lot more paths out of high school. So families have more options. So um, right now, hundred percent of our students, quite honestly, are, are targeting college, but okay. we're working with partnerships about like um, with, uh, you know, whether it's innovative gap year programs like Virto education or whether it's, uh, you know, high quality boot camps. If they're looking for more technical education, like Lambda school, we're looking at building these more natural pathways out of high school. Um, and an initiative we were running before COVID that unfortunately got COVIDed. I'll make that a verb, <laughs> um, was our work study program. So these students would transition from their track project. I'm like, Oh, look, you made a really high quality pro project. Let's try to get you an internship in that field. Um, so that was a program we were running with a few students before COVID, but you know, you know how that happens. <laughs> yeah, I do. I definitely do. So, and is internship part of your high school experience or like service or, you know, things where they get more kind of work experience in the field? It's not a required part right now, but it's something we're encouraging all of our students. We've kind of put a pause on this obviously because mm -hmm. of, of COVID and source. Mm -hmm. We at first went heavily into trying to source virtual internships, but uh, turned out the rest of the world did that too. <laughs> so yeah. we now compete a little bit. Um, but we hope to build this into to be more of a natural uh, progression in your high school, kind of like a senior capstone project, making those feel more industry specific and, and relevant to the students' interests. Great, great, great. So what about, so some of the things what, what about like prom football games, like that kind of, you yeah. know, those kind That's of side orders of high school menu. What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, that is a, right now in this current version of Sora, it's unfortunate that that doesn't translate as well into online high school. Um, but that's not, that's not to say we're not thinking about it. So before COVID happened, we, we're having meetups. So most of the students were in the Atlanta area, although now we're um, definitely branching out throughout the US, but most of our students were in the Atlanta area. So we're hosting meetups every once in a while. They were going to you know museums together. And this is something we want to continue to do. Um, okay. And we've even had families, actually asked them to do it this year, but we said no, COVID, um, but asked them to do in-person graduations and, and field trips. So if your family has, uh, some sort of you know disposable income for these sort of activities, taking your student to you know a trip to Washington D.C. you know stuff like that. So we're definitely thinking about this, and in the future, I definitely see a future within the next couple of years where people are having um, pods, I guess you can call them, or in-person houses um, using Sora Lingo, where people have this community of students who they're meeting every day but also in person. So like you probably go to someone's house, kind of like an, uh, like a Prenda, I suppose, if you're familiar with that model. So like someone has the host house and you have the in-person counselor being likely one of the parents. So I definitely see a future for micro schools like that as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. I was, you know, you probably are very familiar with Blake Bowles. Who? Blake Bowles. 
Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I, I probably just didn't say it right. But um, so Blake and I were talking. I interviewed him a couple of weeks ago for the podcast. And he and I, and I was asking him, you know, as my um, school population gets older, m- many choose to go to a regular high school, right? Or a regular middle school even. So as it as you get higher up in the grade levels in Acton, the classes become smaller and that's kind of sad. And um, so he gave me this great idea is like, well, get together, like get everyone in the world to like show up, you know, in El Salvador, like go to a camp in Colorado or whatever. And I was like, you're a genius. So we started doing a collaboration with Venice Beach, California with our Acton Middle School and with St. Charles, Missouri. So they're all like, you know, like what you would call is like a pod together, you know, and, uh, and that's really cool. And now we're starting to think about like, actually Blake maybe coming here to do an awesome camp and getting all of our Central American um, Acton students, because there's like four Actons in Central America and, and doing an amazing thing like that. So I think you're totally right. That's the direction it's going to go in, you know, as long as families have money to be able to do that kind of travel and stuff. Definitely, definitely. I'm really intrigued by your, I guess, Latin American uh, self-directed learning community. Because what I've heard, I, I've not done the on the ground investigating, but I've heard they're really, really vibrant and active communities of uh, even like unschooling and world schooling families, especially in like Costa Rica, I was being told. And I hear there's a lot of awesome stuff happening in that part of the world. So um, is that your experience as well? No. Um, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, and, and where I am in El Salvador, everyone's still like, what are you talking about? Like, what, how does that work? You know, they, it's just, it's very hard to find people that have like the ability to shift that mental model and to Mm -hmm. think outside of like just what they've always known with the traditional schools. So we are definitely, um, rowing upstream. Um, but we are rowing with a fantastic set of amazing parents and guides and students and we're making it, you know, COVID's been hard. We, a lot of our families were foreign, you know, they had like, they were living here working for a multinational or a nonprofit or the embassy or something. They mm-hmm. all left because of COVID. So, but we're surviving and I feel like this is obviously the future. Oh, so yeah. it's just like hanging on until the wave comes and takes us in. <laughs> right. What we're doing. But uh, I love it. I just love every second of it. And are you familiar, you're, you're kind of a nerd, Do you, are you familiar with Synthesis School? Yeah, um, I've spoken to Chris Mint a couple times. Uh, it's a, cool. yeah, definitely, gamified and team-based learning definitely has a place in the future of education, no question in my mind. Yeah, for sure. I'm training to be a facilitator at Synthesis too, so that is like awesome. super exciting also, yeah. So we're all like right there in the same team, it's really cool. So, wow, this has been amazing. Um, I love hearing all about this. I think you're, you're right on and the kind of um, attention to detail and the quality and like the depth at which you understand it is really remarkable. And I think you're going to be a huge success. So this has really been great. Um, last question I always ask is if you could give the audience a metaphor comparing what you're doing at Sora to conventional education and I say conventional because I think it was Aaron Eden who was like do you know Aaron Eden I think he rings a bell but I'm not familiar with the work he started um Green School Valley and he also 
Bali, am I saying that wrong? And he also is like the head of the Institute for Applied Tinkering and Brightworks okay. School in San Francisco, as you can already tell, he's like amazing. So he was talking, I think it was him or maybe it was Blake, was saying, when you say traditional, you know, like I'm an anthropologist, it's like traditional societies, which is mm -hmm. definitely not what conventional school is. It, that's it's like an industrial point. thing. So mm -hmm. they, this, I can't remember who was saying that they always use the word conventional. So I've completely mm -hmm. changed and I don't say traditional school anymore. I say conventional, but um, I'm not nitpicking or anything. No, so, that's, that's an amazing point. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a nice distinction. I really loved that. Yeah. It, it, it's so funny because people don't realize like this is a fairly recent invention, like in the grand scheme of things, what we consider schooling is still novel. <laughs> and, yeah. and it worked. And another thing I push back on is people like, oh, it was, you know, it's so broken and it is, but it wasn't always broken. Like it actually fueled the industrial revolution pretty well. Like it was actually yeah. a pretty big success story, but unfortunately the whole world has changed. <laughs> like yeah. we kind of, that was yesteryear. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. I think it definitely made sense for when it was there and when you needed to memorize content because you couldn't right. carry it around in your pocket on a phone. And, um, and I re really appreciate, I had a very classical education. I learned like Latin mm. and French. I really appreciated it. And I appreciated my, um, my university time also, but that's not what I want to give my kids, you know, cause it's just, mm -hmm. they, they don't like it. I mean, they want to do some, they're from a different generation. So here we are. Right. So, so, okay. So metaphor time. Metaphor. Hmm. This might be going off a little bit from what people, maybe this is exactly what most people say. So you can correct me and I'll think of something more um, controversial. Um, so if we're comparing the traditional, sorry, conventional system uh, to the industrial revolution and what powered that, I think Sora and this wave is going to power what we might dub, you know, the entrepreneur's economy. So I'm not saying all of our students have to become entrepreneurs, but the problems of the world are becoming increasingly difficult and ill-defined. Like the path forward is not clear, right? right. So how are we going to train people to operate with ill-defined parameters? That's how many people describe being an entrepreneur. And so now that we're being transitioning, even transitioning past the information economy into this, um, this information is ubiquitous for the internet, mm -hmm. transitioning into this entrepreneur economy, how can we fuel that? And I think that's, in many ways, what Sora is trying to figure out. Wow, I really like that. And I completely agree with you. And that's a big focus of our school, too, is the entrepreneurial mindset. So, um, so great. Well, thank you. This has been a real tonic of a conversation. I'm sure our audience really appreciates everything that you said. Um, and you are... Um, how do you call it? Like validating so much of my worldview. So I appreciate that too. <laughs> Definitely. Likewise. I, we're big fans of Acton Academy. Definitely a source of inspiration for us. So keep going. Big fans. Cool. You too. I can't wait to keep watching your, your trajectory, Garrett. Likewise. Right. Okay. Take care. Thank you very much. Thanks for Have having me. Night. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the New Schools Podcast. Tell a friend. Previous episodes and show notes, including any books or websites our guests recommend, can be found at thenewschools.com. If you're a parent who is looking for a new school for your family, send us a message. We would love to help. We can answer questions, share the resources we have, 
and help you get in touch with people in your area who are on the same path, determined to provide their kids with the best education. It's wildly important work. Thank you for doing it. And we'll see you next time.